When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. I'm Tracy Koga with something short and fun. This is a Hugh Soundbite. Japanese Canadians. So yours is unique, though. Born yeah. in Taiwan to yeah. begin with. So tell yeah. us a little, little bit about your childhood. Okay. Um, I was born in Taiwan um, a year before the end of Second World War. And uh, my father was a um, tea plant, um, I guess, production of Mitsui Trading Company in Japan, and uh, yeah, he was asked to stay another year after the war to teach locals, I guess, mm-hmm. to continue the uh, production of uh, tea. So I was born 1946, and when I was three months, we went back to Japan. So you grew up in Japan. What yeah. was it like then, Yayoi, after the war? We didn't have much. We are poor, I'm sure, you know. And uh, my parents worked hard to give us, provide our education and all that. So, but um, I don't have to, I, I think I have a very happy childhood, you know, friends and family nearby. So um, in that sense, didn't feel any racial or anything like the Japanese Canadian here experienced. And then you made the decision to come here to Winnipeg. So what spurred that? Actually, um, I went to uh, London, Ontario. That was my first residence in Canada. And uh, my uh, sister's family 
they lived in uh, London, Ontario, and my sister's husband was teaching at the University of Western Ontario. So at that college age, I was, so um, they kind of invited, you know, would you like to come and talk to me? So um, I went there. Before that, I think um, this brother-in-law, he was um, a gynecologist in Japan. My sister and her husband went, went to uh, US and as a resident of the hospital, in the hospital. And uh, he hoped to be, you know, working as a gynecologist. But um, I think he experienced, that was 1957. It was, you know, 10 mm -hmm. years, 10 years after the war. So there's lots of uh, discrimination. And mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know, gynecologists, uh, many women told him that he did, they didn't want to be examined by a yellow doctor. He had to change switch from the practice to sort of academics and teaching English and stuff like that over there. But anyways, he got a job in London, Ontario there. So that's why I went there. And then how did you come to Winnipeg? My um, brother-in-law got a job in University of Manitoba, so mm -hmm. they are moving. But I got a job after the university uh, job in Toronto. But my mother was worried about that I'm enjoying too much my single life <laughs> <laughs> and uh, didn't show any intention of uh, finding marriage partner. So um, they came to Winnipeg and they summoned me, right? <laughs> And uh, they gave me two choice, two choices: um, go back with them to Japan, and so that I could I marry with someone that my family chose, or I move from Toronto to Winnipeg and uh, live under my sister's supervision, because. I chose to stay in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> and live with your sister. Yeah. <laughs> but, and back then, too, marriages were quite frequently arranged, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and you would never know who it would be. Your parents would pick someone, and right, right. that would be I, your... I'm sure that by, by that time that I would be able to see the person and, you know, communication, but... Uh, so now you're here in Winnipeg, a young woman, going to university. What was it like for you? Obviously, different. Actually, by that time, I'd been working, right? At the university, yeah, I was, oh, the language is very difficult. English was my favorite sub subject, and I had a good mark and everything in Japan, right? Mm -hmm. But then came here, no can't hear anything, can't speak anything, and for almost two years, I cried every day kind of thing. I want to go back to Japan. <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So how did so you... So it was yeah. hard to adjust the language. That was a hard part. And so what changed it for you? I guess um, living with my sister, and then at home, we're speaking Japanese all the time, right? 
but then I went to Toronto by myself, and I really have to be on my own. Yeah, so that part maybe helped me out. And also probably getting married to a Caucasian <laughs> English speaker, maybe that helped me out quite a bit, yeah. And how did the two of you meet? My husband often tells people that he um, changed um, his boss to from my sister because to me, to your younger sister, because uh, his first job was at the Cancer Foundation, mm -hmm. and uh, my sister was a supervisor. That's how we met, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she was his boss. <laughs> yeah, his boss. <laughs> and, and what was it about him that you knew it was the one? Funny thing is, my mother sent um, me to meet a Japanese man who lived Edmonton or Calgary, yeah, and uh, he arranged some meeting, you know, while I was in Toronto, and um, I wasn't interested in marriage that time yet, so I ignored, and then he came, and you know, so on, so it didn't work out well with this mm -hmm. arranged person, right? So I, ne I knew that. If I don't do something about it, that uh, I'll be <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> so then you met your husband yes, right away. So. <laughs> and so now life for you, Yayoi, making a home here, fitting in, what has it been like getting or meeting the Japanese-Canadian community here in Manitoba? Yes, um, first time I involved with the Japanese community is um, teaching Japanese language <laughs> in the school and so I learned a lot from people interacting with especially those um, people Mr. Abe or Thelma Kojima or um, Connie Matsuo those people who helped um, to establish the language school so um, yeah they are they all passed away but um, they are the role model for me. And also too, Yayoi, you weren't here in Canada during the internment and the redress. Mm -hmm. Learning about that, how, what kind of impression did it make on you for the Japanese Canadians that went through it? Yes, I didn't know anything about it until I involved with this. And especially, I think, um, involved quite many years um, with the Outlook, the Japanese Community Newsletter. So I learned it from um, the newsletter as well as uh, uh, people here interacting. And, uh, yeah, and uh, it was a very, very moving experience. I hear from the people who really experienced it. And they're very open to sharing all the stories and histories and experiences. Mm -hmm. So it was yeah. a good learning process for mm -hmm. me. Did it change your view of Japan, your home, on learning about this? Yes, in a way. And uh, being aware of the 
horrible consequence of war, and as well as the uh, Japanese military system, they really did not only um, <coughs> China and Korea, right? And actually, Taiwan, I think they did a very good thing for um, Taiwan people. So Taiwanese people, they have a very good relationship. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, through this redress and all that history, yeah, made me think of um, how people, Japan especially, the military system. And I, I guess it, it's all people changes in the situation, so we really have to work out our prejudice and, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, bias. And that's so true. And we're learning about that so much more now in this world. Would there, or what would there be if you had the chance to do it all over again? I'm not sure, like, a, you know, human being is human being, right? I, I don't think uh, um, racial bias we all have. We have to recognize that first anyway, and somehow work out with um, with other ethnic people, people, and uh, yeah, try to. Especially recently, indigenous, you know, people. Very sad. Very sad. Mm -hmm. We really do have to work out work with the people, with different ethnic people. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And you've been a teacher, you've taught language, you love English, you've made Winnipeg your home. What is the most important thing that you're proud of? Proud of? Yes, that <laughs> you have brought to Winnipeg. I was the youngest of uh, four, and all my sisters, and brother, two brothers. Their closest brother is 10 years older than I am, and oldest one is 16 years older than I am. So it's, you know, I'm the baby of the family, right? And I was spoiled, and I was uh, sort of a mom's baby, but um, came out here, and even though I had my sister's family, I survived this far. <laughs> have family and uh, that's that's the only thing I I have and My, it's so important yeah so important words of wisdom for any young Japanese Canadian Japanese woman that would like to come to Canada as I experienced the language barrier <laughs> is a great way but be patient it won't come right away it'll take time be patient, and uh, it is uh, Im immersing in the language is the best way to learn quickly. Okay. I guess recognize your own um, racial prejudice and bias, and uh, know each other, your neighbor, you know, your your, your community. That's about it. Yeah, and learn each other's history, I guess as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that's all part of undoing our biases. Right. By learning the right. truth. Right. I mean, you know, Jake Tumley is a yeah, strong voice for the human rights and well respected as well. So uh, involving in the Jake Tumley's work help us understand it well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Yayoi, so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me here. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.